We are brought to you by our production team, Upstarter Podcast Network, a virtual podcast production and management company whose unique and customizable approach helps anyone, anywhere, turn their passions into a podcast and walk them through all aspects from recording virtually, editing, social media assets, monetization, a custom show growth strategy, and all other little details. My experience with Upstarter has been unreal. I hand them everything. They take the lead. I can focus on making the show and creating the content. So if you are a creator that is looking to expand their personal brand with a podcast or a business that wants to increase awareness and credibility, sign up for a free consult today and learn more. You can go to upstarterpods.com or upstarter pods on instagram and let them know that brand meet creator sent you welcome to brand meet creator podcast with me harley jordan and sonia elise a place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry so pull up a chair and grab a notebook it's time to shed some light on the ever-changing instaverse This episode, we are going to be talking about influencers versus reality TV celebs. The reason that we're bringing up this topic is because I was watching a couple Netflix series recently, and one common theme was everyone was a creator. So I sent this concern to my story, like all of us do. (laughs) I phoned a friend on my story, and all of you were also noticing the same thing. And we're mildly annoyed by this. So the conversation that I want to have here, Sonia, is Mm -hmm. why is this happening? Is this, are are influencers the new reality TV celebs? Is this just because their personality works with showing up on TV? They're used to it. Let's, Mm -hmm. Let's deep dive. I, all of the above, all of the above. I think that number one, it feels like they're showing up there more because influencer and creator is a more common career than it ever was before. So if you look at reality TV from a few years ago, of course, no one was showing up as an influencer or a creator because it was more, it was less common to have that as your full-time job. But also the type of person who wants to be on reality TV, and this isn't in a negative way whatsoever, is also the type of person that is comfortable building a personal presence on social media. They're comfortable in front of the camera. They are willing to live with their face forward and have people see what it's like to be them on the day-to-day. Now, of course, there's lots of debate as to what parts of reality TV are are real. But let's just take it with a grain of salt and say that everything is quote unquote real on reality let's, TV. Let's say everything's real. <laughs> let's just say it's all real. But I think, you know, it is interesting to see more people because it, it, it's also vice versa, right? Some people get casted into reality TV, especially smaller reality TV shows. Yeah. And then they become a creator right away. And I actually used to work with a company that only managed those types of people. Mm -hmm. So a lot of brands would be saying, you know, we would like a celebrity face, but we're not quite there where we're able to get a notable TV or movie celebrity. Um, And we'd actually find a lot of people from The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and some of those early reality TV shows that would convert like 
gangbusters. Um, they came, you right. know, they came onto the show with a very general job and they left as a influencer, blogger, creator. Yes. I mean, look, okay. After you jump onto a reality TV show, you're probably going to come out with what, at least 300 K something like that. That's probably going to be my guess. And at that point, what do you think? You raised your eyebrow at me. It really depends on if you're the, playing the villain or if people are cheering for you, how many followers you're going to come out with there. And also probably based a little bit on attractiveness. Let's not lie. So who oh, knows? Sure. I mean, I think 100K is probably, depending on how popular the show is and how popular you are on the show, probably 100K would make sense. But when you leave with these followers, regardless of the amount, they already know you. They already know, they've listened to you speak for long periods of time. Do you know how hard it is to get people to listen to you speak for long periods of time? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to us speak for long periods of time. Um, <laughs> it is so hard. Making that happen as someone with a growing following and starting from the get-go is so hard. So if you're starting with that with that boost, now you just have this whole different form of community. Definitely. And hopefully you have a community that's cheering for you. I mean, I think people who are especially on shows that are about relationships, dating, etc. They leave with like a very strong community. The women are leaving with more women who are like, girl, you should have done X, Y, and Z or whatever else. They're like cheering yep, her yep. on or she's heartbroken. And they're like, Talk you're about better unsolicited than advice. <laughs> I know you're better than him anyway, or whatever else. Men are probably just leaving with like drones of women who want to be chosen. <laughs> and so you're definitely yep. leaving with a built in community. I think it's probably what happens in the months that the show is being released and immediately after if people capitalize on that and they are going to go far or not and some people especially from the bachelorette some people are become legitimate celebrities like they they rock those red carpets and they're they make tons of money this is actually an example that i use all the time um with clients because you have to accept that without talking about your personal life without talking about what makes you tick and who you are, you are never going to have that effect. There's a reason that Caitlin Bristow, our bachelor bachelor gal, can sell $30 scrunchies. And it's because everyone already knows, likes, and trusts her. But if you're not putting that out, there's no way that you're going to sell $30 scrunchies. <laughs> True. They're leaving with the people who really feel like they know them, even if they don't, even if the, you know mm-hmm. they're only getting to know the surface level of her presence. They have seen you experience something and they experienced it with you. And that's why they're bonded yes. to you now. So if you say buy a $30 scrunchie, they're going to say yes, because you somehow have a, sh- have a shared experience. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about those villains. This is, this is more interesting. So Love is Blind, anyone that watched Love is Blind season two knows that Shake, who was paired up with Deep D, made a big mess during the reunion. Not only was he an mm-hmm. absolute asshole throughout the end of the season, talking about looks and et cetera, but he made this huge mess. He made this blow up fight with the hosts. It was a whole trash can fire. So I was talking to my husband after we watched this. He was also just so immersed in it. He was like, I don't want to watch this reality (laughs) TV. And then got so 
so sucked into it. It's stupid. So we're talking about this and he's like, I'm sure this guy is going to have so many sponsors. He did that so that people would follow him. He did that to make a bigger name for himself. He Mm -hmm. for sure had a publicist. Mm -hmm. He for sure had, you know, X, Y, and Z so that he could blow up from his terrible actions. Hmm. What are your thoughts on the partnership path? Because there's a bigger conversation here. Sure. I mean, it doesn't exactly leave someone as a great face for the future of a partnership, but I'm sure there might be some brands that are off the beaten path. Maybe it's something that's very male domination oriented I really don't know or like a liquor brand a liquor brand maybe I really don't know that oh my will god want to partner with him who knows I know that he is a DJ I believe he was like a DJ on the side DJ slash veterinarian if you can believe it and um yes, yes maybe yes. he was like just trying part. to build his his DJ presence um and get more gigs because maybe. I can imagine as a DJ if you have a lot of followers and you're able to like bring a lot of people to the club as they say yeah that might be good for you but I don't know I can't imagine anyone wanting to be portrayed on national television as a bad person on purpose I know that there are people who kind of lean into their sneakier and more you know not as nice uh, personality traits on reality TV, but that doesn't mean that they want to be portrayed as someone who's essentially just like a shithead. Like nobody wants that. Like, what would your parents think? Like, it's so sad. <laughs> no, I mean, they were on the show. Um, yeah, that was true. my husband's question to me. He was like, how much, mm-hmm. how much would you have to be paid to be the asshole? And I think it would be an exorbitant amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. You, you like once you ruin your name, that's it. Like every time someone Googles you, that's like that's what sticks with you forever. So oof, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that I would be signing up for that role in a reality TV show. <laughs> well, I just I going back to the overarching thing of this episode, let's to reel it back. I think it's so interesting, the evolution that we've seen when it comes to influencer versus reality TV star, right? First, there was no influencers and there was just reality TV people. And eventually we started by loving those reality TV people. And then eventually we hated them. And we said, oh, this like, look at these people. They're so awful. How could they be on these shows, yes. et cetera? Then they're there was so an evolution. dumb. They don't have any talent. Mm-hmm. And then we have an, an evolution and we start having influencers. And essentially, influencers are emulating reality TV stars on social media. So they're taking people through their day to day life, they're promoting products, etc. And yes. at first, we loved them. And then the evolution is now that a lot of people speak so negatively about influencers. Oh, they just want attention, they get paid too much, this is insane, whatever else. So now we're in a weird place where we just like don't like anybody who wants to be famous and the quote unquote <laughs> fame, notoriety, like whatever you want to say it. Like why do why do we dislike these people so much as a culture? It seems so silly to me. <laughs> that see it seems really silly to me that we are making those quick judgments about people that put on a show. Because I think that's why at the heart of this casting issue or the casting situation 
is that we want people on these shows that know how to put on a show. They're very confident and comfortable in their personality. They're not going to freeze up. They are willing to put it all out there, be transparent with their feelings. We're probably comfy crying on screen. That's an ideal person. So true. So true. I mean, my boyfriend will also watch reality TV with me, but when it comes to the parts where they're just like living the day-to-day life, like they're going on the little dates or they're doing whatever, he's like, this is so boring. I don't want to watch this. He's like, when are they going to fight? When are they going to like throw a fit? Like that's what he is there for. And he would literally fast forward through people if they're too boring um, and just get to the part where there is the he's drama. A, he's a desperate housewives kind of guy. Desperate housewives yeah, kind of guy. <laughs> I haven't introduced him yet, but he did do Selling Sunset and really appreciated that. So <laughs> they might be next up on our list. Um, but yeah, it's just people are in it for the drama. They're in it for like the moments that they can relate to, like getting in a fight or not liking somebody else on the show or having a a heartbreak right all of those are things that when we're watching them we're like that's me too or that's happened to me or like how could she say that about you behind your back like you're just in it and it's the same on social media so a friend of mine recently told her following about her new divorce how they've just started going through this she's getting asked tons and it isn't about really prying it's just people noticing that there's something different happening when she finally brought it up there was there was a lot of people interested. There was a lot of people interested in everything that was happening and not necessarily diving into questioning, but her reach skyrocketed. And she came to me and she was like, I'm so annoyed at this. I'm so annoyed because people just want to watch the trash can fire. My My daughter's been sick like four times in the last two months. I, we've just had these like weird, crazy situations happening. She like needed stitches on her face one of the times. It was a whole thing of like piled up bad situations and the people loved it. (laughs) I mean, maybe it's not that they love the bad situations as much as they can relate to like normal stuff happening. I know that a lot of people, when I talked about my divorce years ago on social media, uh, it was similar, you know, like you start to talk about it a little bit and then a little bit more and then more people message you, more people have comments about their own relationships, things that they're going through, whatever else. And it does create more reach because you're sharing a real part of your life. The same with like any time I've ever, I haven't cried on social media that many times, but there have been times in my house renovation series where I have cried. Mm -hmm out of either frustration or joy and that's like you always hit a high of reach or of engagement on those times because people can truly relate to something shitty happening to you and they can also really relate to some a moment that's like real celebration and joy and so that you're going to hit those highs when they do I do think it's a watch what happens next effect though Part of it is, I want to see what happens Mm -hmm. in the next episode. I want to see the story unfold. You don't want to miss it. Even when I was going through my backyard renovation and we found a hot tub buried underground, the number of people that messaged me within the next two days and said, Mm -hmm. I missed the conclusion of this. As if it was an episode. (laughs) I missed the conclusion of this. Like what happened with the, with the hot tub? Did I miss it? You left such a cliffhanger. I was like, I literally don't know. They wouldn't tell me. So (laughs) I think they just buried it. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, people are along for the ride and it, it, it just goes into its many versions of reality TV. Anytime that you're sharing your life, you're sharing many versions of reality TV. So people would react similarly if they are following along in your stories and you're telling a really interesting story and then there's no conclusion. Of course, they're going to circle back and be like, so what happened? <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't just not watch the season finale, right? You wouldn't watch all the episodes and then not watch the season finale. So they're already trained not to come back and be like, finale. I need to know. Okay, so here, here's a little bit of a pivot to this. Mm-hmm. How do we create that effect? Because it sounds like this is the path to community, right? I mean, we started off this episode where it's kind of a negative thing and you're watching all of this happen and it can be a bad thing for your reputation. But at the end of the day, these reality TV shows are your community builder. So that watch what happens next effect, that reality TV effect might be a good thing in your content. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a reason why we create storylines the way that we do, both in TV and movies. And those same themes can be replicated in social media. If you consider the way you tell a story before you tell it, there are ways to tell a real story, don't just make stuff up, that are more engaging than others, right? Starting with, you're not going to believe what happened to me, or I just had the worst day ever, or, you know, I'm so devastated that X, Y, and Z. Like, if you start with a cliffhanger or if you start with something that like grabs people that's going to engage them into this like episode like content more than just saying oh I just stubbed my toe doesn't that suck like (laughs) yeah okay fine yes (laughs) but if you start with like you won't believe what just happened to me this is like awful then I'm like oh no I won't believe it tell me (laughs) yeah Secret telling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Create that friendship. I think our takeaway here is build the TV persona, build the sitcom character within your social media presence. If that means that you're not going to your story for every little thing, if you're waiting until the end of the day, if you're considering what you would, what your true scenes are within Mm -hmm. your episode. We're going to create more community here. Be that main character. Lean in. And thanks so much for joining us. I hope that you spend the rest of your day or your week being the main character. And let us know what you're watching on reality TV so Harley and I can join you. Most importantly, let us know. (laughs) See you next time.